0: I think
1: that grit, determination, persistence are keys to achieving success. Everybody gets knocked down. Uh, It's can you get back up off the mat and go another round? Uh, The industry was against us. I was making leadership and management mistakes. I finally developed the personal courage to sit down with my managers. And I said, what did you like best about the company you worked at before us? What did you dislike the most? What do you like best about being at Remax? What do you dislike the most? What do you like best about me as an individual? What do you dislike the most? And you better have a thick skin because realtors will tell you what they feel. I finally ended it with, I'm looking to you to develop me into the leader that you want.
0: On today's Real Trending, we have the honor of speaking to Dave Leninger, the founder of Remax. I'm Tracy Velt, your host of The Real Trending Podcast. I am the Senior Director of Data and Content of HousingWire. So today, um, Dave talks a little bit about his book, The Perfect 10, but really what that is is leadership and entrepreneurial skills. And he's distilled the best leadership advice along with his personal experiences to share um, you know, what he's learned through all of these years. He talks about his failures. He talks about his successes. And he calls himself a street fighter, meaning that he is prepared for um, failure and finding success from that failure. We, we talk a lot about how agents have changed over the years and what his hope for the future of the real estate industry is. But he also talks about spotting the um, leaders of the future, and those people who you you could really rely on and know a little bit better as um, as leaders, and we also talk about a little bit of the information that he has garnered over the years um, as as a Remax leader on how leadership qualities or which leadership qualities. Are the most important um, in in the brokers or the leaders that you hire for your company. So, some great advice. I think you're going to really love it, and um, really honored to have such an industry icon on the podcast. Today, I'd like to welcome Dave Linegar, founder of Remax, on the podcast. He recently published a new book called The Perfect Ten, which offers advice for entrepreneurs to flourish in business based on his years of experience. So welcome, Dave.
1: Well, thank you very much.
0: Yeah. And first of all, I want to say thank you um, for spending time with me. I read in your book that you're very particular about how you spend your time these days. And I am honored that you chose to come on the podcast. So thank you.
1: You've got a great podcast, so this would be my pleasure.
0: Well, thank you. Um, I want to talk about the book a little bit. You call it The Perfect Ten, and that is um, the concept of the book. So why don't you explain a little bit about what that concept is and how it came about?
1: It'll take a moment to do that. Um, In uh, gymnastics, in platform diving, uh, people try to get a perfect ten on the judges' scorecards even the Olympic gold medalists often uh, maybe once in their career will get a perfect 10 from every judge. And so uh, that's kind of the thing of it's, it's very hard to get there, but it's a great goal to have. 2017, 2018 period. uh, REMAX did a uh, survey called a net promoter score. Are you familiar with NBS? I am. Okay. So for the, Audience, it's not. Uh, it's a simple one-word question survey, and the question is: How likely is it uh, that you would recommend a friend, a relative, to work in this office with us? And uh, the score is from one to ten. Uh, great scores are nine or a ten. Uh, you throw out the six, sevens, and eights; they really don't count. And your detractors are the one through five. So you take your total uh, uh, promoters, the 9s and 10s score, subtract from that the total number of detractors, and that's your score. For an example, in 2017, uh, they compared uh, United Airlines to Southwest Airlines. United had a net promoter score of 2. Southwest Airlines had a score of 62. So... If they answer the question, you can ask a second question, and that is, why? About half the time, somebody will put in reasons why. And so, amazingly, uh, we did this for uh, 60-some thousand agents in the U.S., uh, 4,000 offices uh, for about 25 30,000 agents in Canada. And so, two surveys, different outcomes, but in the United States, we ended up, with uh, 200 offices that got a perfect 10 score. Every agent, about 75% people opened them and every agent gave their broker a 10. And that's the perfect 10. Uh, Interestingly enough, 200 agents or 200 offices gave their owner, the manager of the office, a minus 100. And it was interesting, if you read the why, And you look at the perfect 10, uh, it was my sales manager, my franchisor, they're awesome. Uh, They care about me. They care about my family. Uh, They're always helping me with my deals. One person said, it's the best office to work in, but the fees are a little high, but I guess you get what you you pay for. And when you go to the detractors, the detractors say, well, I went to my broker with a problem. And he says, I don't have time for it. you pay me to rent your desk, figure it out yourself. And interestingly enough, when we'd show the scores to the detractors and we didn't show them the name of the individuals, but we showed them what their score was and they'd say, that's because nobody likes Remax headquarters. And so the perfect 10 concept is, my God, look at this. 200 of our brokers of all ages, sexes, uh, religions, uh, ethnic backgrounds, got a perfect 10 from as many as 150 of their 200 agents
0: that's amazing um and did you dig deeper into why it was mostly communication it sounds
1: yeah i think it was uh, two or three things uh more communication but i think there was a, a sense of leadership that my leader cares about me as an individual
0: yeah yeah And that is so important in business. And I think that it is a very difficult thing as you scale to continue to show how much you care or to continue to like you're focused on other things. Um, I I know in the book, you talk a little bit about that. um, and, And you also bring up the fact that people aren't really going to people with experience as much anymore, that they should really be talking to people like you who have such experience in entrepreneurship and leadership and um, have failed forward and succeeded and, and really did a lot of innovative things at a time when you got, when you founded Remax, you got a lot of flack for it. Um, You know, competitors did not like the concept. Um, And here we are today. So, um, So tell me a little bit about, you talk, you have a lot of personal stories in the book. So I want you, if you could just pick one lesson or strategy that had the greatest impact on your business early on, what would that be?
1: Well, I think that uh, grit, determination, persistence are keys to achieving success. Uh, Everybody gets knocked down. Uh, It's, can you get back up off the mat and go another round? And so uh, there's several stories in the book where we literally got knocked down. And I think that the story I tell early about how close to failure we were, uh, the industry was against us. I was making a lot of leadership and management mistakes. And I finally developed the personal courage uh, to sit down with my managers. They were all 20 years older than me. uh, And I said, What did you like best about the company you worked at before us? What did you dislike the most? What do you like best about being at Remax? What do you dislike the most? What do you like best about me as an individual? What do you dislike the most? And you better have a thick skin because realtors will tell you what they feel. And uh, I wasn't doing it to just act like I cared. I did care. I did not want to fail. And I, I finally ended it with I'm I'm looking to you to develop me into the leader that you want. And having the the courage to admit I know I'm making mistakes. How can I rectify it? I think was the clue that kept us together.
0: Yeah. And what do you see as the you know I'm sure you could at this point spot someone who's going to be a success, whether it's an agent or a leader um, let's focus on leaders. What is it? Um, is there a question you ask or is it something that you spot in them that you're like 90% of the time you're, you're right with your instinct on that person?
1: You know, when I first sold Regions back in the 70s, I didn't know exactly how to choose somebody that could be that successful. Uh, if they've been successful selling houses, I thought, well, you know, salesmanship, you must give good customer service. But the truth of the matter was, is that over the next five years, I turned over most of those regional owners at least once and some of them twice. Um, Eventually, uh, I come to find out uh, this grit factor is, are you the kind of person that does not give up? Uh, I I try to always ask in an interview, um, What's the biggest mistake that you've made? Uh, What's the the biggest failure you've made that you overcame? Uh, And I'm trying to find out the word adaptability. How adaptable are you to the changing circumstances that are going to occur to you throughout your career? And adaptability to me uh, and grit is far more important than formal education uh, or previous success.
0: Yeah, you can see that in just um, you know, in a lot of businesses. It formal education doesn't mean anything for a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and I know Larry Kendall of um, you know, his coaching, he teaches the question to ask too is what how old were you when you had your first job? And that to him tells how motivated and ambitious you are. Have you found that to be true or or not.
1: I agree with that. Um, Larry's a good friend. I have tried for almost 40 years to convince him to merge the group into Remax. They've enjoyed their independence and uh, a phenomenal success story, which just goes to show that uh, competitors can succeed against each other, but they don't have to be at each other's throats.
0: Yeah. And what do you see as the biggest? Um... I don't want to say mistake, but challenge or, you know, lack of taking advantage of opportunity that you see in leaders today?
1: Well, I think that uh, when you look at leaders today, there's often a lot of ambition and where there's ambition, there's ego. And a lot of times the ego gets misplaced because they're trying to sell themselves so hard that I'm the authority that they forget about the team. And in reality, uh, if you're gonna be ambitious, you have to be ambitious for the team, not for the individual. And the more ambition that you can show, the more that you care about your team and the more that you want them to win just as big as you're winning, uh, that inspires loyalty. A lot of leaders think I'm the leader, they should be loyal to me. It's the reverse. You have to be loyal to your people first and they will return the loyalty.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree with that. 2024 is the year to act, to make bold moves, tell better stories and build brands that endure. At the Thousand Watt Brand and Marketing Summit, we're putting real estate experts like you in a room with some of the greatest marketing minds around, so you can turn your big ideas into action. Join us in Dallas, June 25th through the 27th, for a real estate event designed for doers. Get your tickets at thousandwatt.net forward slash summit. That's one zero 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 0 watt dot net forward slash summit. Let's talk about the changes that you've seen um, since founding the company. Um, have you seen how, um, a real estate agents, how have you seen them change over the years? The type of people, the way they do business? Uh,
1: the first change is uh, we have an 80 20 rule in this business 20% of the agents do 80% of the business. The Consumer Federation. Uh, put out a uh, a uh, paper a few weeks ago and they studied the industry and they figured out that 50% of the realtors had not had a closing in 12 months. And so uh, there's so many part-timers, the barrier to entry is so low that if you want to be a massage therapist in Colorado, it's 500 hours of free massages at nursing homes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you want to be a a hairstylist, a barber, it's 500 haircuts. And if you want to be a realtor, it's a 200 200, uh, hour course. And so the barriers are there. Everybody looks at it. Oh, what an easy job. You get in a nice car, you show people around, it's clean. The commissions are big, uh, but nobody understands. You have to earn a living while you're trying to learn the business. And when you're trying to learn the business, you're so busy learning, how do you find customers? So I think if you watch the evolution, the uh, best have gotten better and better and better. And the marginal have stayed marginal. And of course, now the best, you have people that are superstars that have a team of anywhere from 2, 5, 10, 100 people. And they're the rainmaker that gathers the customers and the prospects and supervises. And he lets, or she lets the team do the business. The business has become more complex. 1973, we had a one page uh, listing form had a two page form for an FHA or VA loan. They had no inspections. Uh, Nobody even thought about that. And so over a period of time, that's now evolved and you sign a contract. It's multiple pages. that outlines everything. You have to be a real expert. Uh, you're stupid if you don't know the neighborhood. And before you write a contract, you better be searching a database and find out, are there any pedophiles or sex offenders uh, in the immediate neighborhood? Because you sell a house and there's a pedophile next door. That's going to ruin your reputation. So... You look at how difficult the business has become. More and more people are, are using us. Nobody sells for sale by owner anymore. It's too complex to do it. And so the the big change is the best are getting better.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the best are understanding that they're running a business and they're a professional and that they, you know, all of that continuing education and really understanding what you're doing. It's not... The transaction goes so far beyond, um, hey, I found this house on Zillow. Can you show it to me? Um, And I don't know that all um, consumers completely understand that, Um, you know, all the work that goes into it. Um, So definitely, I see the professionalism in the industry rising for those who are at the top, for sure. Um, And you call yourself a street fighter in the book. So why don't you explain that concept from a leadership perspective?
1: From a leadership perspective, understand uh, there are a lot of people that know martial arts. A lot of people that are very proficient in it. Um, A lot of people do get a black belt, but have never been in a real fight in their life. And the first time you get punched in the head or somebody starts swinging a chain around your neck, it's a wake up call that, well, I have these skills, but I don't have the fighting ability. So, uh, street fighters, uh, if you've ever been one or ever been in a street fight, all of a sudden, it's not a pretty thing. And people that have been in prison and gang banging and all that stuff, theys a pretty violent group of people. And, uh, you better figure out how to play the game. And so leaders have got to teach their agents how to be street fighters. I'm not talking about how to do something illegal It's how to take care of yourself. Uh, A perfect example, Remax was the first company that came up with uh, safety protocols and training courses for our realtors because they were getting mugged and raped and killed at an unbelievable rate. No other business can some bad guy call up and say, I just drove past this house and it looks vacant. How much is it? Well, will you meet me there and show it to me? And it's six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. And woman's trying to make a deal. She shows up and gets into trouble. And so we weren't teaching self-defense. We were teaching awareness and teaching that never meet a person you've never met before uh, at the location. They must come to your office. And uh, that way people have seen them walk through the door you now have witnesses, uh, if you have a cameras in your parking lot, you now have a license plate, and so on, and that stops the nonsense. So street fighting is, is figuring out how to play against the competition uh, if they're being ruthless.
0: Well, you've had experience in that for sure. And um, we'll talk about from a leadership perspective, I feel like street fighting too is, is just preparing, understanding that you're going to fail. And be beat up, whether it's, you know, by the, just the business itself or the agents or competitors, um, and it, how you come back from that is so important. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yes. Uh, the, uh, grit, the persistence of being able to face failure and getting up one more time is, uh, an incredible trait, um. Uh, Courage comes from confidence and confidence comes from experience. And so in basic training, they'll teach you to crawl under barbed wire uh, with your gun in your arms and you're on your belly and they shoot live machine gun fire a foot over your head. That's the way. And if you stand up, you're dead. And so uh, you learn how scary that is, but you learn in a safe setting and then first time it happens to you in real life, you've had the experience. You've had it several times. Okay, this is just normal. Keep my head down, crawl on my belly, and I'll survive.
0: Yeah. What? Um, w- I know that you have invested in a lot of different companies in addition to Remax. Um, what do you consider your greatest success and your greatest failure? Oh. <laughs> uh,
1: my greatest success, obviously... Uh, has been uh, REMAX. My greatest failure was my first marriage went bad. Uh, I was overseas too often for the military, came back, got heavily involved in the real estate. When I started REMAX, it was an 18 hour a day, seven days a week, trying to keep the company alive. And all of a sudden, you know, you wake up and you don't know the kids, and the spouse is not happy, and everybody's sacrificed to get someplace. You as the leader, you got to stand on a stage, get the applause, uh, get the recognition and so on. That's pretty tough on a marriage. I figured out before my divorce and I figured out that I was losing my children. And so I, once, once I understood that, I said, I'm going to manage my time to where I'll always have time for my children. And so I did save the children from it. Uh, and now, you know, they're in their 50s. They're my best friends. Uh, We uh, have done everything together. The boys absolutely followed in my footsteps. Uh, They wanted to drive race cars. They wanted to fly airplanes. They wanted to shoot guns, wanted to go skydiving and scuba diving. And so we weren't best friends as children. They're still my children now, but now we're best friends.
0: Yeah, that's great. And such a wonderful success story. So uh, obviously um, success came out of that failure. Um, also with a wonderful partner that you have now. So
1: You know, she's the reason RE-MAX succeeded. When I hired Gail, she had just become married. She was a trailing spouse. Her husband was moving from St. Louis to uh, Denver to run a May f store. And she thought she was going to get a temporary job for a year or two and probably start a family and have, stay at home or whatever. I interviewed 27 women for administrative vice president, I turned 27 down. Uh, she was the 28th. And I told her the look, my skill set is I'm probably a good sales manager. Uh, I've got some leadership. I know how to train. And I do know how to teach sales. I don't know anything else. I failed out of college. I've got military skills, but that doesn't apply here. And so I'm looking for somebody that could find office space, lease the offices and negotiate the leases, furnish it. Buy the equipment, buy the, the desks and chairs, set it up, hire and supervise secretaries, bookkeepers, find the attorneys, find the accounting companies, and actually run the business. And uh, I sold her I sold really hard. She took a, about a 50% pay cut. And I told her, if, if you can make this work, you can become a CEO someday. And I am going to build the biggest, most successful real estate company in the world. So I guess she was a bit naive and young, when she (laughs) took the job. And as it would happen, uh, she was the best partner I could ever get. Our skills were complementary; We had mutual respect for each other's skills. Uh, I tried to keep doing what I was doing and excelled at it. She did what she did and excelled at it. Uh, By 10 years in, all five or six of the original officers had become divorced. We had all gotten so involved with this dream, this beautiful mistress called Remax, that we loved our agents. We loved the, the brokers and the franchisees. It was our whole world. And about that period of time, uh, Gail and I started dating. We were uh, romantically involved. The only people I knew were Remax. I had no outside interest to speak of and uh, got married. And so we've been together as business partners for 51 years uh been married for about 40 years i have to figure that out exactly hope she doesn't listen to the podcast
0: (laughs) oh that is a huge success story
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help
0: In the book, you've distilled kind of all the great advice from inspirational leadership experts and authors over the years um, and kind of taken them and turned them into from, you know, kind of went into your own experiences from all of that. Um, But the truth is only a fraction of leaders will actually follow through with a lot of the advice in the book Um, or, you know, even from all of those, you know, inspirational leaders. So what are your thoughts on that? And what is the type of person who, who actually does follow through?
1: Well, life and business get, gets in the way of following through with good ideas. Uh, I have mentored dozens of people. And in the mentoring process, I have probably mentored five or six that became incredibly successful. Adam Kantos was a SWAT commander. Uh, and I was a reserve police officer. I observed his leadership skills uh, in handling the men and women that he took care of. Uh, went to the sheriff and said, this man is smart enough to be my CEO someday. Uh, I'd like to offer him a job. And he said, Dave, I'll never stand in the way of one of my people having a chance like that. Adam came on, started at the bottom. He taught uh, safety awareness to begin with. Then he came up through the ranks, franchise development consultant, franchise salesperson, a regional director, all the way through. And uh, he ended up uh, uh, about 14, 15 years in, I went to my board and I said, look, I'm getting older. I don't have the energy I had before. I've got brain smarts. I've got uh, financial capacity. Uh, I think it's time for a new CEO and I'll just be chairman of the board and I'll stay very involved with the Remax and I wanted to be Adam. And they said, well, Dave, he doesn't even have a college degree. And I said, for Christ's sake, neither do I. And they said, yeah, but but you've proven yourself and you're an industry icon. There's nothing you have to prove to anybody. So I went back to him and I said, Adam, uh, we need you to get a master's. And uh, he got into DU uh, based on life experiences and no undergrad. Um, he sacrificed about, uh, 1800 hours a year. Uh, he spent 2000 hours with Remax, 1800 in training of, uh, the university, 200 as a cop, uh, family held together tight. They knew they had to make sacrifices. He got the degree, by the way, uh, only two people in the class got a perfect 4.0 and, uh, Adam was one, and the other one's one of my vice presidents. So I can show you what mentors will do. The problem is that uh, people sit there and take notes. They'll go to a seminar. Many people listening to this podcast are taking notes right now, but then they put them on a shelf instead of revisiting with them once a day for seven or eight or 10 days, and then once a week for a few weeks, and then once a month to see, am I taking any of these ideas and doing anything with them today? Business, life, everything gets in the way and you go back to your old way of doing business. And so that's the frustrating part of mentoring is I don't want to just mentor and tell stories and ask questions. I want you to execute. I want you to take the best idea I can give you, tell me why it is, and I'll help you execute
0: it. Yeah, I I mean, it it is hard. Change is hard. Taking risks is hard. And sometimes it is a risk to change what you're doing or change up or pivot. Um, and, and so I do feel like it takes a strong person and it, but it takes intent as well. You have to want it. Um, and Adam obviously wanted it for everything that he, um, did. So you've led a very long and blessed life as a visionary and entrepreneur, a uh, leader, Um, So I want to close with kind of your hope for the real estate industry moving forward. What, um, you know, what do you think the real estate agent of the future looks like? What do you hope real estate, um, you know, the industry continues um, on? Um, How do you hope they do?
1: Well, my first hope would be the same one that I've had for uh, 55 years being licensed of if the competition would just stop hiring part-timers, And find a way to bring in truly qualified people that have much better success ratio. Uh, The whole industry would be more professional for it, but that hasn't occurred in my 55-year real estate career. So I doubt if it's going to change in the future. I will tell you this: that uh, Remax has survived uh, nine presidencies. Uh, Two were out and out crooked. uh, Two were out and out stupid. And the rest were varying degrees of mediocre to okay. Uh, made no difference. REMAX succeeded. This is our eighth recession that we're certainly in. Uh, we started in a recession with the oil embargo of 71, 73, the second one in 80, the savings and loan crisis, uh, where 60% of our mortgage lenders went bankrupt, the 17% interest rates of. Uh, Uh, Reagan era, trying to get rid of inflation, Uh, and then 2007 financial disaster. And what I discovered was I used to think, or people would ask me, why are you successful? And I'd say, it's the quality of our agents. We literally have full-time experienced people that are better than the best in the business. And that's actually true for the top 20% of uh, our major competitors they have those, that 20% are superstars. The thing I've come to find out, especially after COVID, is as I've thought on it, it's the best, the smartest, and the brightest are the most adaptable. When they run up against a challenge, they don't just keep trying to do the same thing. You can't do today's business with yesterday's methods and be in business tomorrow. And so the best are adaptable, whether it's The leaders of their organization, whether it's the agents themselves, uh, they will adapt to whatever the problem is and get the training, get the knowledge, provide the service, and continue to be successful.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Well, Dave, thank you so much for, for joining uh, the Real Trending Podcast. We really value you um, and and your leadership. And I will uh, make sure that I share your, your um, book and how to find it with our audience as well.
1: Well, thank you very much. You have a great day.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.